Welcome to another exciting episode of Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast, where we talk about horror movies of the past and present. We are your hosts. I'm Richard, and with me are Jolien. Hello. And Will. Hello. Will's rocking some vintage headphones right now. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. I wish you could see the box. We'll have to put a picture of it up. We will put a picture of the box up on our Instagram and Facebook both. You Sounds look, good. You look great in an afro. Mm. I left that at home. And a big bushy mustache would be great, too. That as well. Uh, what else do we need to say? Um, how is the uh, graphic novel coming along? Oh, dear Lord. It slow? is so slow. Is it moving like a glacier? <sighs> yeah. Heavy, destructive, but very slow. This week I pulled everything out and looked at it. It was like, all right, I have quite a bit of work done. Mm. Okay. But, oh, geez, it seems like I'm stuck on a page or maybe I have about three pages done. I have way more than that, but it doesn't seem like I've done There's much. There's a band called the Black Dahlia, isn't there? Yes, Black Dahlia Murder. They're terrible. <laughs> and if you're listening, come on, get with it. Make some good music. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not into, like, growly speed metal, oh, really. Okay. Cookie Monster vocals? Yeah, sort of. <laughs> it just sounds stuff. like... A really generic version of whatever that genre. Sometimes, if you're working really long days and you need some like injection of adrenaline, then I, I stick on something like that. Or oh, okay. <laughs> gangster rap or something like that. Yeah, I can see that. That would work. Ice Cube's The Predator. That's a good one. Yeah. So this, to let our listeners who jumped in for some weird reason on this episode, Will is illustrating. Continuity, <laughs> people. Come on. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Follow the story. There's a through this is line. Important. You, I'm back. <laughs> you need to know. Um, Will is illustrating a graphic novel about the Black Dahlia. And, and writing it as well. Writing and illustrating. So it's going to have more historical accuracy. I hope so. I've been researching it. Yeah. Mm. It drives me nuts, though, because. Conflicting reports? No, that's not so bad. I don't mind those, but I'll start drawing something and then I'll get the idea, oh, what if there's a photo of this online? Mm. Mm. Uh, if I can't find it in, I don't know, a really deep Google Google search, I figure I can just make it up. But, but If you're researching something, you don't get conflicting reports, then you start to think, that's oh, this has just been pasted from Wikipedia. Yeah, it's definitely exactly, more suspicious, yeah. isn't it, when that happens? But I would say that um, now that there's enough distance between when the thing happened and modern times, as a cold case, they can sort things out and nobody has to worry about getting caught. No one's going to get murdered or paid off. Most of the people involved are dead, right? Uh, yeah, for the most part. I don't know how much they actually have of evidence left. It appears to be just one box that the police have. There's uh, some DA files that are available, but police reports, except a few here and there, haven't really been put out. But I don't know how much fits in this little box, this little file box they have. All it takes is one damning piece of evidence, and the whole sweater comes unraveled. Yeah. yeah. 
So um, to let our listeners who may have just jumped in because they like these movies and saw this episode, let's also mention that Jolien is also an illustrator who has done uh, the Lego Ninja Go comics and much DVD art and magazine covers, comic covers. So yeah. check him out. Currently working on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Nice. That's excellent. You got a big title. What, what exactly are you doing with that one? Uh, just... Uh, at the moment, I'm doing assistant inking for Zach Howard, and, oh, then, cool. uh, and then shortly be drawing a whole bunch of ninjas. Oh, very nice. We've got to have Zach on the show sometime because he yeah. did do Shaun of the Dead comic mm-hmm. illustrations, and uh, he I think he'd be a good expert on Shaun of the Dead for us to discuss that movie. And we talked a little bit about like how we might do episodes for each of us for our favorite movies, and... I feel like we've already kind of covered some of my favorites, so I would have to think about that one and say, all right, well, I know Shaun of the Dead is a favorite. Mm. Do I have a number one favorite? And yours is Dawn of the Dead. Definitely Dawn of the Dead. The original. Will, do you know your favorite? I don't really have a favorite. Yeah, there's a lot of... Yeah, that, that one's out there. It, it's, it's not often I have like a number one clear favorite in anything, but that one is just just personally really... Yeah, yeah. You got those movies that just do it for you. Yeah. You saw it at the right time. Yeah, I saw it at the right time. I had nightmares about it for years and years and years. Oh, excellent. Oh, that's great. <laughs> and then number two would be The Haunting. And then, and then after that, I can't rank I remember it. being really grossed out by the biker that tear in half in that film. Oh, yeah. And that was a little traumatizing. <laughs> and every time something is like going well, I, I remember <laughs> the words of that guy going, we got this, man. We got this by the ass. Mm-hmm. And what, what happens shortly after that? And I think, oh, okay. Man. <laughs> Aren't there two edits of that? Oh, there's loads. There's like the Argento oh, okay. edit, and there's the uh, like uh, when it was just out on video. Being in the UK where things were banned, mm-hmm. there'd be all these legendary edits. Oh, like okay. the Australian edit and the the uh, Dutch edit and stuff like that. So you you get all these like poor pirate copies with burned in subtitles in Dutch, oh. just because it was like another half hour longer. Yeah. <laughs> But um, uh, Anchor Bay put out this set, which had like um, several different versions on it. So you get the whole thing, like director's cut and Argento cut and things like that. Yeah. It would be tough to do that one as original versus remake, wouldn't it? To t- to compare that? Oh, you could do it. They, they kind of do it. It kind of goes its own way, doesn't it, after a while? It does. For it sure. does. I enjoyed it. Yeah. It wasn't. A lot of people are down on that remake, and I really like it a lot. I like and, the first few minutes a lot. Oh, that intro with the Johnny Cash song. Yeah. It's untouchable. That's the, such a great intro. Um, Will, do you want to do the spoiler warning? Spoiler warning? Yeah. We have no spoiler warnings here. <laughs> we just jump in and tell you the butler did it. So the I, butler I, did it. I've been away for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Welcome and, back, Julian. Uh, thank you. And I haven't listened to your episode, not because I resent you deeply, <laughs> but it's just... <laughs> but just minorly. Yeah. Tragedies have been going on, so I've had to take care of those. Uh, yeah. Not gotten around to it, but I will. I will. It's just like in the movie, Jolien twisted his ankle and, no, you guys go on without me. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> That's sort of what we did. We had to. Um, sure. There's, there's one thing that I that I heard about podcasting that I took seriously was have a commitment to your listeners and, and keep that commitment. And we've committed to doing a weekly show and... Uh, We'll probably get a couple in the bank at some point in time where we have some celebrity interviews or some 
audio from a Q&A or something that we can just, you know, if, if we can't all make it or two out of three of us can't, then we'll do it. We'll just pop something in that will still be awesome stuff. But I plan on phoning it in at one point. Oh, it'll be great. It'll be all crackly. And it'll, <laughs> exactly. It'll start cutting I'll talk, out. I'll, I'll move way back from the, from the phone, <laughs> yeah. talk like this. Oh, yeah, you guys and are then, awesome. And then you guys will have to talk way loud. <laughs> right. I, I'll do mine completely in Billy's voices from oh. Black Christmas. Oh. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, there's going to be spoilers, so turn back now if you if you haven't watched these things and foolishly decided to She's listen to a, a podcast. She's a vampire. Do, 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 okay. Do we still do the um, what we saw? Yeah, let's do that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let me what fit. have you seen? We haven't seen you in two I, weeks. I, I don't know what's changed with your uh, setup. <laughs> well, nothing's changed. Nothing's okay. changed. All right, cool. So before we do that, <laughs> let's thank the Moonrays for giving us oh, yeah, yeah. the intro. Uh, the song you heard going into this is called Intro Creature Features. And it's from a band called The Moon Rays. You can find their music at themoon-rays.com or buy it on iTunes or Amazon. And it's awesome they let us use that because it, it really kind of... Or yeah. just copy the bit of the song we play on yeah. the show and put it on repeat. Sure, you could do that. You'll miss a bunch of stuff. <laughs> That's a project for the when you're snowbound, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's for the cheapskates out there. And I, I was telling Jolien about this uh, podcast, uh, and we'll shout out Fear of a Dork Planet. Oh, yeah. You, um, if everyone gets a chance to listen to them, they're awesome. They're funny. They had a weird mashup at the end that was Rock and Robin with the, with the vocals of uh, Nirvana. <laughs> overlaid onto it it was weird and i enjoyed it so much so uh but, but their podcast is cool they're they're mm. good and okay. people should listen to them so jolian go ahead uh what have you watched since last time okay uh i saw fantastic four the uh the new one the last attempt the last attempt <laughs> we all wish it would be the last attempt <laughs> well what all these movies get right is there's four of them yeah they kind of forget about the fantastic true thing <laughs> Yeah. The, the adequate four yeah it's like in the comics you know they, they have cosmic adventures and alien invasions and you know they'd be amazing concepts and yeah they, microverses and they do they seem very safe but the, i've not the movies, seen the they, new one they sit around apartments or lab laboratories and yeah but um, that's how i kind of felt about the new star wars was you have all these alien worlds and that you give us what we've already seen. I mean, <laughs> it's, the, uh, it's the same sort of thing. You okay, know, so uh, I saw that. And Jurassic World. Have you seen that one? No. Have you seen that? I have. Okay. I, I enjoyed it. I mean, it's, it's dumb, but it's fun. Yeah, I, I thought it was like, it, it's uh, an algorithmically engineered world, you know, where they've, you know, like they're growing new dinosaurs. They, they, put all these ingredients for how to make a Jurassic movie into machines and then out comes this yeah. generic script and it's totally algorithm CG creatures right. and stuff. I mean it's good casting and stuff, but yeah, really flat. Uh and I saw a couple of fantasies. Uh there's one called The Bluebird from nineteen forty with uh, which ended Shirley Temple's career basically. Uh, it's how, really wholesome and saccharine. How did it end her career? She swears at the end. She just yeah. goes on this this <laughs> sailor like tirade. Uh, yeah. It, um, well, 
uh, the studio, she was up for Wizard of Oz, but didn't get into it. Yeah. So the studio she was with decided to make their own version. And uh, and they made this thing, and it, it's pretty... Bad? Yeah. <laughs> it's just say, so wholesome, and, and there's there's no good songs in it. And it's just, uh, it's got Gail Sondergaard and Nigel Bruce in it, and you know, it's got a good cast, and it's got good uh, matte paintings and, you know, fabulous technicolor and stuff, but... Man. Uh, yeah. And also saw uh, Alice in Wonderland, the 1933 uh, William Cameron Menzies one. Oh. Have you seen that one? No. Uh, you know William Cameron Menzies. Yeah. Uh, so this was uh, like this all-star film uh, with uh, it's got Cary Grant and W.C. Fields and Gary Cooper. And what they wanted to do is to make all the creatures in Wonderland look like the drawings, the, the John Tenniel yeah. engraved uh uh, pen drawings yeah and uh but what they had at the time in terms of special effects makeup technology was uh, papier mache and early rubber masks so they're scary scary oh, excellent. yeah you ought to look up the images like wc fields as humpty dumpty oh man i wow. seem to remember Nightmare. seeing stills of that film yeah like so many of the creatures look like uh, you know belial out of a uh, basket case yeah mm-hmm. they've got that like really wide mouth Mm. Oh my god, it's scary! At, at the end, there's that the uh, the party where she finally it, everything come goes really crazy. Mm-hmm. It's like this climactic party with the the Red Queen and everything, and it's just the first thing you think of is the the dinner in uh, Texas Chainsaw. It's just this insane. <laughs> it's really scary stuff. Excellent. Uh, and then um, uh, I think. Recently, TCM had a day where they showed a whole bunch of um, Todd Browning movies. Oh, excellent. So there's like a, uh, several Lon Chaney movies. Uh, they had the, the Unholy Th- Three. The uh, They showed the 1925, the silent version. Okay. Have you seen those? No. I don't, I don't Unholy I Three is where uh, you've got Harry Earl as Tweedledee. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I forget who it is, playing Hercules. They, they like a, they're sacked from a circus because they're... Oh, okay. Doing theft and sassing the customers. And then Lon Chaney plays this ventriloquist called Echo. And they make this gang where Lon Chaney dresses up as this sweet old lady who runs a pet shop. <laughs> and then uh, Harry Earl dresses up as a little baby. And then uh, and then you have the, the Hercules guy. And what they do is, like, they sell parrots. So some rich mug will come in. And then uh, Lon Chaney will go out and he'll throw his voice into the parrots. They're like, you know Pleased to meet you. Yeah. You look pretty. <laughs> so they'll buy the parrot, take it back home. And then they'll they'll call back and they say, my parrot's not talking anymore. So then he'll go over the home and he said, oh, can I bring my uh, little nephew along? And so he wheels this pram in with this little baby in it who looks really sinister. Oh, man. <laughs> Harry, Harry O, you know him from, yeah. from Freaks. And, yeah. Right. And anyway, he's so good. He steals every scene. He's so malevolent. And uh, so uh, while the old lady's looking at the parrots, the baby will case the joint and then he'll come back with Hercules and they will sneak in and because uh, they can get in through like the, the openings over doors and things like that. And, yeah, and the transom. And, uh, and rob them of their jewellery and stuff. <laughs> and this, is, this, has been, this has been borrowed and stolen so many times oh, since. Yeah, yeah it's, got, it's got a scene. It's just like one of those, uh, you know, like a Fantastic Four type comic where uh, they're, they're thinking of a name for themselves and and they're like uh, we're so e- we're so bad we're so evil we're like unholy yeah we're the unholy three <laughs> that's great Fantastic. and there's also a, a a big gorilla in it who, who goes on the rampage at the end so it's got everything wow <laughs> man 
I totally want to see that. Yeah, I have to watch that one. And then they also showed um, uh, Mark of the Vampire, the 1935 one. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you've seen that? It's great. Uh, it's really curious. It's not a good. It's not a good movie. It's really weird because it's like so compromised by the studio. Uh, yeah, the code kicking in. Mm-hmm. They, mm, yeah, they had to explain away all the supernatural stuff. But uh. Bella Lugosi, um, yeah, he, he just looks great, and it's got like the first vampire woman, you know, iconic. Sort of loads of eye makeup mm-hmm. and yeah. the long hair and the shroud and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really great looking, like James Wan Howell photography. That's cool. Yeah, that stuff. It's so funny when you trace it back to where a particular look begins. You know that that like you said that iconic vampire look. That's been done several times since. Yeah, and it. I don't dislike any of it really. I think it's all pretty cool, but. If uh, people don't know where it comes from, they should just keep tracing it back till they can't find anything earlier. <laughs> so, um, since last time, uh, is that a, pretty much the stuff you've watched? Uh, yeah. What have you watched? Um, I just watched a uh, a bootleg I bought at a horror con of The Misfits in Boston in 1983. Excellent. And um, the quality was explained to me, and... I think I pictured it being a little better than it was. Oh, <laughs> I yeah. mean, clearly it had to be shot on VHS. Yeah. I mean, that's... But it's a VHS that's been watched a hundred times. <laughs> and then somebody finally digitized <laughs> and it. And then somebody copied yeah. that and then digitized it. Yeah. And the sound, of course, isn't good. But there, it's two cameras, which is surprising. Um, I think the club that they were playing in... Uh, and I looked at the date on it. It was like March 20th, 1983. And I'm thinking... It's Boston, and it's just a few days after St. Patrick's Day. God, they're probably all still hungover, these guys in the audience. <laughs> um, but uh, it was uh, it was cool to see it, but it, it didn't look or sound very good. Um, yeah, that's yeah. that's a problem with bootlegs. Yeah, and and you you're taking a chance when you buy them. And I have a Plasmatics one I bought, and had just started to watch that, and I realized that I wanted to watch Forbidden Planet, and. Uh, <laughs> And now, listen to the plasmatics. That would work too. Um, but Forbidden Planet is so beautiful mm-hmm. looking. If anybody listening to this has not watched Forbidden Planet, I'm not going to call you an idiot. I'm just going to say, go watch it, please. Um, it's it, we're coming up on the 60th anniversary of that thing. 60 years ago in every... In March. Tell, tell me, am I wrong on this? You could literally freeze frame that movie anywhere and it is a beautiful yeah. picture. Yeah. It, yeah. Lo- it looks like the... Um, the promo art that they come up with for movies where they have this really gorgeous looking scene and it's like the rest of the movie doesn't look that good. Mm-hmm. This movie, it's like a, it's like a moving, uh, vivid illustration. It's just wonderful. And Robbie, the robot, which everyone will recognize, uh, this was his debut. They built mm-hmm. him for this movie. Young Leslie Nielsen yeah. is the dashing, handsome lead, uh, um, actor in this. And before he was funny, <laughs> He was probably funny, but you know, before he was recognized as a yeah, comedic he, he actor. Yeah, he was like a straight actor right up to the 70s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why they cast him in Airplane. Yeah, I think all, because all those he, guys were straight all actors. All the guys yeah. were straight actors. They didn't want any comedians. Right. Which so. really worked. Yeah. Better than anyone could have ever imagined. You know. So that was great to see that again. And um, I started watching one night before last called The Shrine, and I didn't get very far into it. Um the good folks on the killer POV podcast were saying good things about it. So I'm going to give it a shot. And I watched some Russian thing. Um, 
Oh, I can't think of a name of it. There's one of them is day, and the other one's oh, in, night, day watch and night watch. Day watch and night watch. I think I watched night watch. Uh, that was good. I've seen the Baywatch. <laughs> Bay, Baywatch, <laughs> <laughs> the sexy bikini vampires. Day watch, Baywatch, and night watch. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I've, I've seen those. They're good. Yeah, the, uh, the night night watch especially is. And they do something cool. The subtitles in English do cool little animation things. Did you, really? Oh yeah. Like if if some if somebody's hitting a wall uh, as they're saying something, the whole thing compresses. Oh okay. And if something bloody happens, uh, it it runs red and drips off. It's really cool. And, wow. I mean, these Russians clearly uh, had a budget. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was yeah. a pretty big budget movie. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like like all the. Uh, running around Moscow in places you usually don't see. Oh yeah, like most movies they go to the like the Kremlin and then they leave. <laughs> right. Yeah. But you see all those. You see all the back alleys and factories and things. Yeah, everything's either gray and nasty or really old Russia with what do they call those onion? What do they oh, call minaret? The the yeah the buildings with the, the minaret minaret mm-hmm. is that what they yeah. call it? Okay. Yeah, the, I've heard people refer to them as the onion top. The Onion Top <laughs> buildings. I believe that's the original name. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it translates from from the Russian yes. Onion Top to the English Minaret. Minaret. Yes. How do we say Nottingham? Do we say Nottingham? Nottingham. No, <laughs> I'd say Nottingham, but I've, I've been. Now, what would they say out there? Nottingham. Nottingham. They probably pronounce the T's. Oh, uh, Nottingham. 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 <laughs> well, we've got some listeners there, and. Uh, Hello. Yes, we, we welcome you. And we have some listeners in Russia. I, Excellent. I, I was saying to Jolien on the way over here that we should pull that up and maybe print it out, and I didn't. So here we are recording, and I don't have it in front of me. But all you folks from other countries, welcome to our podcast. Thank you for listening. Uh, should we talk about these movies? Yes. Yeah, let's talk about let's, these movies. Let's do it. So Let the Right One In is a 2008 Swedish movie. Uh, they had a budget of four million dollars. Yep, four and a half million. It's like and, U.S. dollars. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, of your Earth dollars. I forget what it is. those Earth dollars <laughs> <Yeah>. or space <laughs> dollars. I forget what it is in krona. <laughs> right, uh, and then uh, let me in was the corrected American version <laughs> in 2010. Yes, I'm joking. Uh, directed by Matt Reeves. I didn't write down the budget. Do you know what it yeah, was? Yeah, the. The, for the American one? Yeah, mm-hmm. 200 yeah. billion. Let, let Me In was 20 million. 20 million. Um, does it look $16 million better to you? No. No. Did it have a cast? Uh, I, I can see where the budget went in terms of effects. Yeah. The effects were maybe a little better in places, but not that much better. I don't know. They took me out a bit more in the remake than they did in the original. The CG was a little shaky. Like the original, that cat attack. I mean, cat attacks are never good. I can't no. think of a good cat attack no. in movies. No. <laughs> Not even Inferno? <laughs> Isn't there a cat attack yeah, in that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that, one's, that one's better I like than the most, cat I think. attack yeah, and, and so let the right one in. Yeah, yeah. I, and I missed it in, it worked in, in this one. It in Let the Right One In. Do you like the Queen song, Sheer Cat Attack? <laughs> I'm not sure about that one. <laughs> but, oh. but, but normally cats are like, they, you, can just, you can just feel the person catapulting oh. them in from just off screen. Cat- yeah. yeah. Catapulting them? Yes. Catapulting them in. <laughs> so this, um, this original, the Swedish movie, Let the Right One In, uh, is a great example of 
don't be a dummy. Go ahead and watch a foreign movie and read the subtitles because you forget you're reading them five or 10 minutes in. Mm -hmm. And it's a, it's a really nice dark movie, very dark looking and moody in not a way that I felt was depressing. I don't know if you two. No, I don't think it was depressing. I don't either. Okay. So, uh, it's about a, a young boy who is kind of looking out his window much the way Charlie Brewster was in, uh, Fright Night and, okay. s- and see somebody moving in. Yeah. And it's a little girl and what appears to be her father. Uh-huh. And the movie goes from there. Like, who are these people? What's going on? Yeah. And the novel was more explicit about who they are. And you, you've you read it. Uh, have you read it, Will? No. Me neither. So, like Julian. The, the older man that this person's with, uh, the, the novel was, you know, it's pretty clear that he's a pedophile. Right. I thought that was the pretty clear in the... skirt around it. So you get that idea... Especially in the the Swedish version. The Swedish version, I thought was yeah, it was pretty. You, you know, he's he's got yeah. his eyes on kids, and yeah, not, not in a good way. Whereas the American one, they made. Uh, I think they deliberately avoided it because they wanted to focus on the children's, you know, the relationship between the boy and the girl. Mm-hmm. And if you bring in something as dark as that, the movie's going to have to occupy itself with that. To me, that's darker than vampirism. Yeah, it would it would just veer it away from the children. That that relationship with that those two people too much. If we were to so drive, they kind of avoided it. If we were to drive stakes through the hearts of pedophiles instead of vampires, <laughs> the world would probably be a better place, wouldn't it? <laughs> Just Is anybody that... killing vampires? They're not real. <laughs> well, there's the big flaw in my argument. Yeah. The, the other difference in the novel is the uh, the little child that who moves in is uh, named Eli and used to be uh, and and is a castrated boy. Yeah, that's clear in the Swedish font. Yeah, you see a scar briefly. Yeah, in the Swedish version. Hmm. He says something too about. Yeah, and they they cast a girl, and then they got this like a, a an adult woman to dub her. Oh, okay. For a deeper voice. Oh. But in the American version, she's definitely a girl. Yeah, they just left that all bit out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that so those kids from the remake are now like nineteen, twenty years old. I would guess. I so... suppose. Yeah, she, she she's in that fifth wave movie that yeah. looked like it was you know <laughs> six movies crammed into one. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, the the boy is in he's Nightcrawler in the next X Men movie. Oh, great! He's going on to bigger things. <sighs> well, he was in the road. He was the kid in the road. Oh, was he? And he was the voice of Paranorman. Hmm. Now the um the young man from the original uh, who played Oscar. Mm. Uh, is it possible to be that pale and not be translucent? And he's Swedish. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they don't see any sun at all, do they? Yeah. <laughs> For half the year. Yeah. That yeah. was uh, uh, my big, uh, or the big flaw in the American remake was they set it in, in New Los Mexico. Alamos, New Mexico. <laughs> yes. I wanted to bring this up with and you. And then right. they go, which it does snow, although I don't know how long it would stick around, but we'll say it was a cold winter. Even though... You could never go ice skating on a pond in New Mexico. I would assume not. Anywhere. That's pretty far south from here in Denver. And I don't know that I would trust a pond here. No. We get maybe a two to three week cold snap here at a time. And that's not enough for me to trust a pond. No. I mean, there's always people falling in ponds here. Yeah. They, they don't learn. No. They haven't watched enough movies like this. Yeah. So, other differences, any, in the novelization? Or the novel, not the novelization. Uh, the novel's got more subplots to it, more okay. characters. 
Yeah. They really um uh you know honed it down for the both movies. Is there an investigator who's really onto yeah. it? Okay. Are there other police who are onto it? Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a whole police investigation, but I can't remember all the different characters. Okay. But there, there's a lot more to it than the films. Yeah, because there's just like the one detective who's on point in the, in the movie, so you you kind of can follow him along. Mm-hmm. In the American remake, the detective is this guy who, he's in this show called Chicago PD, mm-hmm. and I used to call him um, Fake De Niro. Yeah, he does have those mannerisms, doesn't he? He does. Elias Cateus. Yeah. yeah. When when they first had him in that show, he had kind of this graying beard and mustache. And he just had a little, like, a, what do they call it? A touring cap or whatever you call those little beanies. Mm-hmm. Um, he just looked like he was trying to be De Niro, but happened to look like him anyway. Mm. And then they had him, a few episodes in, dye his hair and cut his beard and he just has like a handlebar mustache and he looks different now but then i recognize that he was in some other stuff too and uh he's a good actor yeah, so yeah. He, he he does a good job as in, the de- uh, de- as the on point detective the haunting in connecticut i haven't seen that uh if you've seen the trailer you've seen all the good bits it's you know it's pretty atmospheric is, oh. is that the whatever what is that one it's the one where they they move into a house in the it's kind of Amityville set up. They, they mm-hmm. move into this house and it's built over this uh, mortuary. Oh, okay. So it's... And there's it's all these all... horrible things with done in the, on the slabs in the mortuary. Oh, and, yeah. And, the, and there's this like really physical ectoplasm that they cough up every now and then. Mm. I seem to remember reading this story at some point. And he's also in a, a very Harold and Kumar 3D Christmas. <laughs> I didn't even know that was a real thing. Oh, <laughs> it's funny. Oh, it, I like the Harold and Kumar yeah. stuff, mainly because of the actors who, who are Harold and well, Kumar. My, um, my wife and her, her mother, uh, Asian American, and they, they went to see them because... You know, they'll go to see anything with a prominent Asian actors in it. <laughs> yes. Uh, just to support the cause. And uh, uh, so it's weird that my mother-in-law went to see all the Harold and Kumar films. But... Yeah. Did she smoke a big blunt before she went? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I won't get it, go into that on here. Right. <laughs> of course we're kidding. Um, so uh, I think the the bottom line, the theme of, of these movies really is kids are dicks. Oh God, that bully is so. Oh my! Oh man! Yeah. What's his name? Uh, Dylan Minnette. Oh, yeah. He's so good. He, he just kills it, doesn't straight he? Straight off. What else yeah. has he I been be- in? I believed him. He I was recognized in, uh, his face. Prisoners, twenty thirteen, and uh, he was in. He's in the Goosebumps movie, and he was in some of the episodes of the TV series. No, I don't know. No. no. He's he's been in a lot of things. I mean, clearly his agent is his agent is doing a good job getting or a book. the studio owns him he's <laughs> a studio orphan he's in the stable <laughs> like in these stable days like the little rascals yeah you'll do what we tell you yeah oh yeah he's, he's so hateful but even in sweden kids are dicks like that i mean that, that's tough yeah. man I, I always think of those countries as being more evolved right no i guess they're such a high quality of life of course, the worst insult they could come up with was piggy. They're calling the kid a pig. Okay, if he was a fat kid, that might really be hurtful. But he's he's a skinny, yeah. pale kid. All the bullying in this is very real. Yeah, it's rough. And I kind of felt like uh, like Oscar in the Swedish version, the original version. Um, 
was doing what a kid might do and sort of internalizing it and acting out on his own Mm -hmm. by himself and then figuring out what to do and uh, getting the idea to poke the bully with a knife or a sharpened stick or something Mm. didn't seem like as bad as it could go in the day, in the day and age of school shootings and whatnot. But this kid is just like, he's burning up on this whole thing. He's, yeah, he's, he's a powder keg. Like in the remake, I felt that, oh, this is like early, uh, you know, serial killer stuff. Yeah. He's, you know, he's stabbing a tree and, you know, doing his taxi driver routine with his knife in the mirror. Exactly. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, the Swedish one, I thought, oh, this kid's, you know, having a rough time, but he'd be okay if he, you know, if he had good friends later. Yeah. Or at least one good friend who could uh, jump in the pool and yeah. tear some heads off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't we wish we all had one of those? Yeah. <laughs> I, I never had, I was never had bully, bullies attack me when I was in school. Yeah. I mean, apart from when, when everyone's the same size, like uh, it, it would have been uh, infant school. Mm-hmm in the uk but uh there was one i have that album <laughs> in school in the uk yeah um. <laughs> never mind the bollocks here's the infant never school. mind the non-dropped testes um yeah uh this is a this is film related because all my memories are film related yeah <laughs> so like uh there i am about five or six years old and there's the the gang of bullies these school bullies come up to me in the playground and they they like uh they want to wail on me you know it's my turn yeah so they push me over and i think uh well how to diffuse this situation uh is uh, to make them laugh yeah and you know being a lifelong laurel and hardy fan I think, all right, then I'll do a comedy fall. So they push me over. I go flat on my back and then kick my legs up straight in the air like you know, yeah. Stan Laurel would do. Catch him right under the jaw. Oh, my. Really smack him a good one. He's crying and holding his face. And the, and, the, and his friends like, take him away to the school nurse. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, they never came anywhere near me again. All right. So all right. Th- thanks, Stan. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what would have happened. My first day of first grade, okay, kindergarten was sheltered from the rest of the school. It was at the opposite end of the building. But when it was time to go first through whatever grade, you went to this playground where first graders through, I think, sixth graders were all on the same playground at the same time. And this kid walked up to me like my mom had literally just let us out of the car and drove off. And this kid walks right up to me and grabs one of my fingers and starts bending it backward. <sighs> and I don't even remember what he was saying. Just some menacing crap like, hey, kid, what are you going to do, kid? Or something like that. And I guess my older brother, who was two grades ahead of me, he was a third grader, hadn't gotten very far away and he saw this happening. He turned right around and the next thing I saw was my brother snatched this kid by the ear and grabbed him, shoved the side of his face into the pavement of the playground and said, that's my brother. You touch him again, I'll kill you. Right. And this kid was screaming in pain from his ear being grabbed and his face being ground into the um, pavement. And yeah. uh, I never saw that kid's face again. Right. And I it thought... It was ground off? <laughs> yeah. That's horrifying. <laughs> it was like hamburger. Yeah, it seems yeah. a little extreme. <laughs> he went up against Dick Tracy later, his hamburger face. Yeah. I, w- I will say this. I never really had to take those shots like that when my brother was around. So I never really learned exactly what you had to do 
except um, if you ever run into that by yourself, just do what Bill did, <laughs> you know, and uh, there's useful things you learn along the mm. way. And I thought grabbing someone by the ear. Yeah. Oh, shit. What are they going to do? Right. Anything they do is going to make their ear want to come off. So <laughs> you pretty much got them. But when I was in uh, like secondary school, so later when the bullies were like the huge guys. Oh, yeah. Uh, they, the, uh, the, the, the top one. He knew that I could draw, so he, he he got me to draw a. You know, he just asked me, he didn't like, force me up against a wall. He, he said, uh, I wanna, <laughs> "You're going to draw me." I want a drawing of this guy holding these dogs, and they and they were all like spike collars and chains and stuff. And <laughs> of course, I don't know why he wanted that, but uh, did it for him, and then uh, no one touched me. I That's was, cool. I was protected. That's what my friend did in jail. <laughs> yeah, he, he they they knew he drew. So right, right. I mean, he wasn't there for too long, like a month and a half or something, but. Everybody was cool to him because he'd just sit down and draw whatever they wanted, you know. Mostly uh, bikini girls, right, I seem right, to remember. Right. I was thinking your story was going to end with you drawing the teacher naked. <laughs> I did a lot of... Uh, uh, I, we don't want to go into this. We're supposed to be talking about this vampire movie. <laughs> yeah, let's divert from our but, movie. Yeah, I was always... I say, oh, you'd want a cartoon of such and such doing such and such an obscene thing on the blackboard. So when the teacher walks in, so yeah, I did a lot of anonymous cartoons. Oh, good, fantastic! <laughs> they should be all collected in a in a book form at some point. They got okay. erased pretty fast. So kids are dicks. We've established that. That was no different in either version. Mm-hmm. Um, surprisingly, the American bullies weren't so much worse than the Swedish bullies, but. Uh, when we get to the guy who is apparently the dad, who's not the dad, who is a pedophile, when we get to him preparing his kit to mm-hmm. go out and do the bloodletting of his victims and his do, do his abductions and whatnot, it doesn't occur to you, or at least to me, until fairly far into the movie, that the reason the apartment looks like shit and the reason this guy really kind of doesn't have it together is because they've been living this way for so long mm-hmm. yeah. that they're just trying to survive. He's trying to survive not getting uh, eaten by this little vampire girl, and yeah. she's just trying to survive and make him go get blood. And they're not going to be there for long. No, they know they're not. Mm-hmm. So the apartment's going to look like shit. It's all done under assumed names or stolen identities or what have you. Yeah. So um, how did you feel about the look and the feel of, of his desperation? Any thoughts on that? Mm. Well, you know, he's obviously like uh, desperate and he's under her thrall. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's as uh, not sympathetic to people like that. Really. No. <laughs> I and mean, they've got an obsession, which is, you know, has a certain measure of sympathy. But, yeah. Was he like Renfield? I would say, yeah, that's a good comparison. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's the kind of Renfield. He's the human character they need to get around by day and yeah, carry the boxes and around and... Yeah, he's a darker character than Renfield, I think. On Renfield, he's going, he's edging towards cannibalism in the yeah. in the novel, isn't he? Mm-hmm. He's like going up the food chain to yeah. these people. He doesn't quite get there before the no. end. So, but he, so I don't feel he's as dark as the the fellows in these movies. No, and the um the intro, which not very believably, like you said, was a very snowy New Mexico. Um, well, it does snow there. Yeah. Mm. I mean, there are elevations I mean, that are yeah. higher than ours. And it is northern New Mexico, but it's just the ice skating. So do you, do you read much into it being Los Alamos? Mm. I don't know. I was trying to think about that. Why was it Los Alamos? Because like, the snow makes me think of like the snow that fell on the uh, like the fishing boats and the, mm. off of you know the Japanese fishing boat. 
Um, Possibly. I thought also it was because New Mexico gave them a big tax break to film there. (laughs) But you have (laughs) to say it's us. No, that's... uh, I wonder why they said that when, when, when you see the her killing someone the first time mm-hmm. there's that big graffiti of an atomic bomb oh right, yeah the nuclear testing. and then the, and it says atomic city across it yeah so i don't know how much you can read into that hmm. i got i was I, I was trying to think of something and uh the, the only thing i can think of is like there's the theme of a chain reaction so you have her with her chain of men or whoever mm-hmm. that she needs to bring in seduce mm-hmm. to work for her and then you have the the bully kid who's he, his chain is he's got an old brother who yeah. bullies him and calls him a girl and he passes it on to mm-hmm. the other kid yeah and you get the idea that there's absent fathers all over the place and like, yeah. there's this whole chain of misery going down through families and then, then you've got the chain reaction of the you know in terms of what happens what the happens movie. with the bomb yeah uh but i i don't know how far you can push that it doesn't didn't seem to be a particularly a, apocalyptic it didn't have a lot of legs scenario, did it? no so <laughs> I, I gave up on that <laughs> no yeah i didn't connect it with the uh i the uh the bomb but uh the bully you know's older brother and all that mm-hmm. was definitely there but yeah i wonder why it was los alamos yeah you know, why, why wasn't it just New York or anywhere, yeah, so anywhere really? In the snow. Yeah, Any, anywhere north enough. Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although Los Alamos is snowier than Albuquerque. But they, they did actually film it in Los Alamos, didn't they? Uh, I thought so, but looking at the area. end, looking at the credits, it looked like it was Albuquerque. So hmm. uh, oh, okay. they thanked the city of Albuquerque and... and hmm some apartment building wherever they filmed so i'm not sure if it was so actually did you los recognize alamos the landscape at the start? i've never been to los alamos okay um it looked a little nicer than albuquerque i shouldn't say that <laughs> <laughs> albuquerque's kind of rough but okay it is in places and it's it's nice in other places I've yeah been, i've been there a couple times in the last few years and uh I really enjoyed my visit. I went there with an open mind and, and just liked the place. I, uh, of course, the joke that people from New Mexico have told me is that, you know, how the license plate has the land of ench- enchantment. It's entrapment. It's the land of entrapment. <laughs> yeah. Like people get stuck there. Like they don't really want to be in New Mexico, but no. they can't leave. They yep. get stuck there. What happens? I think it's a financial thing, maybe. That's it, probably. So people yeah. move there. People move there. Um... Oh, it's pretty. It's nice. And... And then you run out of money and you can't make any more to get out of the state. Right. Um, you can't reach escape velocity. And it, you get you get really sunbrained. I don't know if that would be the phrase, but <laughs> the heat is not good for yeah. you. It's a peculiar place for a vampire to move. Yeah, and you yeah. end up... Uh, you do. You end up stuck there. I know a lot of people who... My wife moved there and mm. uh, just ended up staying. Yeah. <laughs> It's a strange place. And weirdly, um, that apartment building with the snow around it looked a lot like Sweden. <laughs> I mean, mm. the, and my criticism used to be that, oh, I don't know why they remade that. It's a shot for shot remake of the original. It's just the dumb American thing of, of making it so we can watch it without subtitles. And I take that back if I've ever said that to anyone who's listening to this. Mm. I do like the remake. They did a good job. Yeah. They did add some to it. Yeah, I um, like the remake. Yeah. And uh, there, there's no reason to, to feel like you haven't 
gotten the story if you've watched one and not the other, whichever one you have watched. But watch them both, you know? Yeah, I'd say the if you're into horror movies, if you collect horror movies or vampire movies, then the first one is the one you really need. Yes. It's one of the best vampire movies ever. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, and the, the, the remake is really well done. I don't think it's essential to have, but it's worth watching, definitely. Yeah. I felt, uh, and it's been a while since I've watched the original, but I have to say that um, I was kind of on the same you know, page you were that why did they remake this? Why is it almost shot for shot? Well, cause, cause... But I felt a real connection to it being mm. in English, I will say. Yes. Yeah. Um, and being set in America, um, as close as New Mexico is to America. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it's like a third world country with better art. <laughs> uh, anyway, what was my train of thought? Oh, I just, I felt more of a connection to it. And just being in America, I felt a little more... Well, you, you connected want, to it. You want your horror to feel plausible for it to really kind of give you a little bit of a scare or give you a little bit of a creepy mood. You want it to feel plausible, like mm. um, this could happen, even though we know it can't happen. Um, and what's great about this is they don't have to give you crazy backstory and a whole vampire culture and a whole set of rules or whatever. We know there's a few rules get thrown down and established that... The vampire thing of you can't enter without being invited. Mm-hmm. That turns out to be a real thing. She has to drink blood. That's a real thing. She can fly. Uh, and she has to sleep. She has to avoid the sunlight. And, and sleep in the day. S- sleep yeah. in the day. And she like can't eat food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Just like uh, Nick with his chips. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, <laughs> Julian, I think you may have missed us talking about what we do in the shadows. Yes. <laughs> There's a character named Nick who uh, he's kind of the want to be soccer hooligan kind of guy and uh he eats some chips when they're out on the mm-hmm. town and then he vomits up blood later oh dear. copious amounts <laughs> like a huge amount of blood oh, no i wouldn't want to live and yeah he says it's his favorite food yeah he dear. can't he can't it, it, chips are his favorite food oh man you should watch it it was it was pretty clever oh, uh, yeah i want to see it i it, enjoyed it's good. it i think you'll like it mm. they have a sequel coming out yeah. i understand right after i said yeah don't make a sequel to this <laughs> i they, know they announced I know. it and i went wait a minute okay go ahead uh it's going to be called we're wolves okay we're wolves <laughs> so it's an apostrophe apostrophe and a space from being the word werewolves yeah. which i think is great werewolves. <laughs> how has no one ever come up with that before <laughs> i don't know <laughs> because people don't go around saying we're wolves because people aren't wolves maybe no. that's i don't know if that's why uh i'm sure somebody said it somewhere sometime <laughs> <laughs> so uh they they pretty much have the way i feel about these two movies side by side is they pretty much have like a a bullet pointed list of things that that have to be done in the remake to get what needs to be gotten from the original and the girl sort of standing atop the jungle gym and the the bit with the rubik's cube and the part where she does a kill in that tunnel uh all of these these things are are nailed the part in the swimming pool um the way the bullying happens there's probably i don't know a dozen two dozen things that they that they definitely had to touch on, and they did. But outside of those things, you know, they, they added some nuance here or there, and they added some dialogue here or there. Uh, the, the, the original, and I can judge by how, mu- how much note-taking I did, I had three pages on the original and four or five pages on the remake. 
so I can kind of tell wow. they did more. A lot of note taking. Yeah. Well, I just write with my hand while I watch with my eyes, and it goes all over the page. <laughs> huh, it's better that's that way around. Way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what I'm saying is, I don't stop and write. I keep but, writing while I'm watching. It, and uh, one of the things on they bought the rights to make the English language version pretty much the same time as they were planning the Swedish version. Didn't okay. They? Yeah, two year difference. I think the idea was the uh, the uh, the first one got a lot of praise, uh, but not many people were going to see it just because it was subtitled. Yeah, and it probably appeared on very few screens in the U.S. Yeah, so I saw it, it here. Festivals and yeah, I, I went to see it here. I went. Uh, was it, it must have been it, at the Mayan or something. Yeah, it was at the Mayan. And then uh, let me in. I went to see it. The uh, pavilions. No, I didn't. And it and it was with the. It wasn't packed out, but the audience is pretty into it. So I, I, yeah, I'm kind of surprised it didn't do that well. In fact, it didn't do as well as the uh, Swedish version. Oh, That's the the American weird. version didn't. Yeah, it, it like I think budget was like twenty million. And it made twenty four million, and then mm. the Swedish version was four and a half million, and it made uh, eleven and a quarter million. Wow! So, yeah, it maybe people just watch the Swedish version. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and it it's it's surprised me that the audience was into it because it's so uh, quiet and yeah, gradual, and it's it's more about the uh the love that's growing between the two kids yeah than uh than making a horror movie mm-hmm. um so i was surprised the audience was that into it i was quite pleased yeah it is good to know um in the remake i i didn't want to skip past this part because we were talking about the bullies um there is something that feels really kind of rapey about how that main bully and his his little toadies um, mm-hmm. when the, when they go after um, Owen Owen in the locker room and give him that ridiculous wedgie yeah that feels kind of rapey doesn't it yeah I mean was... they've really violated the kid yeah a little he, bit he's definitely got he's definitely got issues about his own manhood hasn't he he does he's like his old brother calls him a girl and yeah he, yeah he's he's definitely got a screwed up idea of gender for sure. And I and I, I think making the bullies so loathsome, you don't want a kid to get killed. Maybe he'll grow out of being such an asshole. Are you kidding? But oh, this what guy. I loved about Guillermo <laughs> del Toro, he'll have a kid in the movie. Cute kid gets killed. <laughs> well, I got to say, I had no regrets about the bullies in either one of these movies getting their ear cut with a hockey stick or getting eventually Ooh. killed. Yeah. That was brutal, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that was just some sort of metal post, though. I don't know what that was. That was much like your kick to that bully's chin. Exactly. <laughs> you took him right off guard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, you hit him hit him where it hurts and watch how stunned they are. They're not used to that. Right. And it's all psychological with these guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. they're, they're usually physically more intimidating or have their toadies with them. But, man, if you blast them one right in the nose or cut their ear or kick them in the chin, <laughs> you find out what they're made of. And, uh, of course, if you cut their head off, you really get to see what they're made of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the swimming pool scene was just sublime in the original. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. Like, I feel like I had not seen that done before. No. Yeah. I mean, you've seen underwater stuff where something bad happened, like Jaws or whatever, but I don't feel like I've ever seen anything quite like that. Yeah. You see those feet dragging through the water. You see right. that head plop through 
uh, hand uh, is great. Yeah. The uh, remake did have a spot that was scarier. The very beginning, they have Ronald Reagan on television. Oh yes. Oh my. He's doing his evil empire speech. Yes. Yeah, that's true, isn't it? Yes. Uh, I that could have tied into the. I did you feel that the there's thing, in in like the remake there's certain songs that are playing when certain things happen and there's certain things in the TV. I felt it was a little on the nose. <laughs> like okay, we've got this this president talking about evil and and evil yeah. as an external force. And uh, and then there's a later later shot where uh, he uh, the boy leaves the room at night when his mother's crashed out on the couch, mm-hmm. and it's like a, it's ten o'clock. Do you know where your children are yeah. on the TV? And he's reflected in it. Yeah, is that that is pretty is that on, the nose. on the nose? <laughs> yeah, and, and like he eats this this sweets, which are like eat some now, save some for later. Now and later's it's yeah. an actual candy. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I I got that impression, but that just seems so blunt you know yeah i could see that that's that's what i wondered uh with the swedish version are there things in there that not being swedish right. i don't see right oh you know sure. like gotta be subtle those candies that oscar's eating what are those actually does that have some tie what you know right. i don't remember the music in the original but mm. yeah they did a nice job setting the time the way they did mm. like the the um i mean Basically, the remake is a period piece of the 80s. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, set in the same time as the novel. Okay, yeah, that totally makes sense. And sometimes you see these uh, movies where they're set in a specific year. I love when they nail it. When I see little things, I could say, oh, yes, that's what it was really like. <laughs> Don't show me this this revisionist history bullshit of everyone really looked cool. No, we mostly looked like dorks. And... How about the guy when he's in the shop and there's that guy, he's, he's like got the, the headband around. Oh, yeah. He's got the like the poofy hairstyle. Yeah, thing. that totally worked. I mean, that's that's what you would see. Yeah. Yeah, at the arcade or whatever the it was. The arcade, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, and I don't even know if I... And I was it. glad they showed that, I mean, the uh, that Owen was stealing money from his mom's purse. Because when he put that twenty down on the counter, it's like, damn, twenty dollars in nineteen eighty three. That was a lot of money. That was a lot. It'd be like a kid having a fifty dollar bill. Yes. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I kind of when he was plucking that money out of her purse, the first thing I thought of was she's gonna notice a twenty. Mm. There's no way yeah. this woman has so much money that a twenty goes unnoticed. God, yeah, I remember a twenty was. Yeah, that was, was a lot of money. It yeah. was. That was a chunk of change in eighty three. You, you could spend all day at the arcade and still have money left over. Yeah, for a pocket knife. Yeah. yeah you, you couldn't, you'd have a hard time changing it for cash. Yeah, maybe. So, so you noticed, of course, that, that there was uh, red or orange in pretty much every scene. Um, the movie makers of the original uh, wanted to represent uh, the life force that is blood and the necessity of blood for the vampire. Uh, now I had watched both of these before having read that, um, somebody had made a note of that and I watched it and it's like, okay, what's this scene going to have in it? And it was really prominent a lot, but not in your face to the point where it was distracting. Mm. Yeah. I don't even, you don't remember seeing it. I don't really notice it. Okay. If you rewatch it, you'll be like, holy crap. There's like, it'll be someone wearing a jacket and it'll be trimmed out in red and they'll, Uh they'll be in the foreground or it'll be, you know, something uh, in the decor in a house, you know, something yeah. that's framed out in red somehow. 
or orange. And, uh, and so that was really kind of cool. Like that was sort of a thread that ran throughout the whole thing and it, it looked cool, but it, like I said, it wasn't so in your face that it was distracting and yeah. it could go unnoticed. Or even noticeable. <laughs> right. So that was pretty cool. Um, but I can't say enough good things about, uh, about, um, the fact that I saw a clash poster in this, in the Freddy Krueger lounge, that was the basement mm. of, yeah. uh, of the apartment building. <laughs> <laughs> it's like hell yeah that's 1983 for you you got the clash um you're not a huge clash fan are you julian not huge you know i like them like them all right i don't have any i don't have albums. anything against them <laughs> <laughs> would it be more exciting if it was the dead kennedys for you will uh i don't know probably <laughs> yeah you're you're a big dead kennedys fan aren't you? yeah yeah julian of the, of that age the Early to mid 80s, what would be your favorite punk band? Early to mid 80s? Yeah, like say 81 through 84, somewhere in there. Uh, Black Flag and Bubble Surfers. Yeah, that's a good one. The California scene. Yeah. Yeah, West Coast. Yeah, I mean, by by that time, like uh, British punk was dead. Yeah, it wasn't dead. It was was like, uh, it it was what people didn't get was it was an attitude, it was a philosophy. So, yeah. You could look like a punk. You could go to certain shops and buy like your safety pins and tartan and whatever, mm-hmm. and be a shiny punk. What, what we called shiny punks. Yeah. <laughs> but the uh, the real punks, it was so diverse. It was just this attitude. You know, you'd no be surprised future. at who was which musicians were regarded as punk at the time. Yeah. Uh, right. So the Sex Pistols are the you know iconic. Yeah, punks, but it, it was such a wide range, and it was just this attitude of do it for yourself and uh, do your own thing. Don't let don't let people tell you what to do. Yeah, but, were... and then so that became post punk, which I found much more interesting musically. And you know, and you had all like well, that, those bands that had, had uh, started up around that time who who uh, and in the eighties they were like Susie and the Banshees and the Cure and you know doing all this interesting stuff. And their philosophies were probably a lot more similar to punk than what their music would reflect. Yeah. But if you can go back pretty far and find sort of the punk philosophy in bands like the kinks, mm-hmm. um, there was a, there was a band that they did a documentary about, which I had never even heard of them. They were called the monks and apparently yes. they were very punk before punk was even a thing. Yes. Yeah. And the germs. And... Yeah. A lot of these bands, um, were forerunners and people didn't know about them. Blue cheer, other yeah. bands like that. Yeah. So, uh, the the past is a great thing to be mined, isn't it? <laughs> uh, so yeah, so there's this Freddy Krueger lounge, and uh, the the uh, the kid does a silly thing here um, in both versions of it. Oh yeah, where he, he right. says, "Oh, let's let's be like like does the Blood Brothers thing. He's gonna nick his finger, oh, and then no. like, oh, let's mix our blood." I wouldn't even do that in real life, let alone have it with a vampire in the room. Right? What a dumbass! <laughs> but he starts pouring a little blood onto the floor, and she flips out and just jumps down and starts lapping it up, and yeah. and she's she really wants to save him. I I don't know if it's because she's got designs on making him be her familiar. Uh, her servant, her Renfield, whatever. I don't know if, if she's got that in mind more than she has affection for this kid and really she wants has, to save him. I think she has affection for him, but she's also seducing him. Right. She She's grooming him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's it seems like there's... Tragedy. Some of both yeah. going on. Yeah. But she she leaps to that 
puddled up blood and starts licking it and screams at him to leave. She looks much more horrifying in the remake. Yeah. Um, I felt it was too standard horror movie, you know, is the contact lenses. And yeah. 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 Makeup and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It looked more horror movie. It was I a little more piled on, the but restraint in the previous one. Yeah. 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 The, the remake was scarier, but probably, yeah, unnecessary. They didn't have to go that far. I would agree. <laughs> but I, I found the first one scarier. It was, it felt more raw. Yeah. Yeah. I found the atmosphere in the original, uh, a lot spookier. Yeah. So terrible CG cats aside, like say, if, say they edited that out. Would you guess there was that much money on the screen? If someone had told you, holy crap, the Swedish movie was made for $20,000 and it looks amazing. I would believe it. If someone said it was so low budget, it's unbelievable. I could actually be sold that idea. Possibly. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very sparse. They, they use a it's a natural lighting look in both of them, right? So you wouldn't think there was much going into the cinematography, but there is. Yeah, yeah. and and that's the beauty of it is that it it's not apparent, but it's great. Mm. So, um, when uh, when the woman in the original who was attacked by the CG cats, <laughs> which mm. do yeah, look terrible, uh, Virginia. Yeah, when Virginia ends up in the hospital, um, she's acting really weird, and she um. So you see, see her. Uh, she she starts sucking on her own blood. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. She's chewing on her arm. Yeah. Yeah. And then the nurse goes in and pulls back the curtain. And that's when she bursts in the flames. Yeah. yeah. So if there was ever any wonder, if if that rule was true, this this exposes that immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the nurse catches on fire, and it's this CG fire. It's just that looked really ruined. That, that did look terrible. Bad. Yeah. But that was did as you bad feel as a cat. Virginia character, because she's this like model. She's like this gorgeous. Yeah. Woman. Like, you wonder what the hell she's doing in Los Alamos. Yeah, I didn't know. But um, uh, yeah, she maybe because it's a Hammer movie, I felt that she was this kind of. She reminded me of like the your archetypal Hammer busty babe vampires. Okay. Yeah. You know from all yeah. those Carmilla movies. I was going to ask if this is the same Hammer. It's the, revived. It's a revival. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they've done a few movies. Um, yeah, so she, she she kind of felt like a nod to that. Like she would have been that. the vampire bride in a traditional Hammer movie. Yeah. And it kind of reminds you that this is different. This is where the little girl is the vampire. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a, it was a nice nod, I think. I think it was. Um. In this, uh, in the remake, you know, she says a couple times she's not a girl, whereas you're like, oh, she's a vampire, which you think in the right. original too, but then you find out that yeah. she, <laughs> she was, she was a boy. <laughs> she was once a boy. She is a boy. Yeah. yeah. Is she a boy vampire or a girl vampire? She's a boy. Yeah, in the novel, she's castrated like several centuries before. So was yeah. she part of the castrati? Is that what it was? was no, she like I a think choir the boy? people who turned her, mm. uh, castrated yeah there was like an evil nobleman yeah it was some uh twisted bit i didn't read the book but i read the differences you said twisted bit twisted twisted (laughs) they probably cut the bit they probably didn't twist it yeah (laughs) yeah um so the uh the, the part about having to be invited in turns out to be a real thing because when she decides okay um fine i'll I'll play along. I'll walk in. 
when she walks into Oscar's or Owen's apartment in either version. Yeah. Um, she does start to just bleed profusely from every surface of her mm-hmm. body. Yeah, in the uh, in the Swedish version, it's like a stigmata, it's, you know, like her eyes are streaming. Yeah. And in the remake, it's more like you know, and this uh, Chloe Grace Moretz. She was also in the Carrie remake. Oh, was she? Yeah, and she's really good in that too. Ah, uh, interesting. You know, she, she was Hit Girl, and oh, that's where she's from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's done quite a, quite a few horror things. Thing she was in uh, uh, the Amityville remake, hmm. um, yeah, and, and both the Kick-Ass movies, and she was in Dark Shadows. Oh yeah, I saw that. God, I forgot that was even a movie. Oh man, it's weird. Like Tim Burton's that really... was out like half a week before they pulled it, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> that opened at Blockbuster. <laughs> I watched it. It looks good. It looks like a Mario Bava. Uh, he was going for this Mario Bava look. Yeah. Uh, and you've got good people in it, and it's got Shane Rimmer in it, which I'm I, I'm always excited about, and uh, yeah, so I enjoyed the look of it. Ah, it's a stinker of a. Yeah, <laughs> I got to see that one in Lubbock, Texas. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, we drove down to Austin, and I deliberately made Lubbock our halfway point, um, coming back because it would be the right hour of day to uh, go to the the Buddy Holly Center. Oh, oh okay, it's, it's so cool yet heartbreaking to just mm. see all of those relics in person you know to see the recording equipment and some different things that buddy had owned and then the last thing as you make your loop around through the museum the last thing you see are the glasses he was so famous for wearing and they're in this case and you realize he was wearing them when he died it's crazy that you're staring right like you're only inches from these glasses mm. And uh, his guitar had gone on its way on a bus ahead of him before he got on that plane. Yeah. And uh, and th- that was sent in for restoration. And Buddy liked to stick an extra guitar pick in the pick guard. Uh-huh. And uh, when uh, the people at Fender or Gibson, whichever it was, uh, took, the, um, took the thing apart to clean it and do all that work, they found uh, a pick that had gotten pushed all the way in. So they had one of his guitar picks. And oh. that was on display with his famous... It was a Fender, now that I think of it. Um, it, His famous red guitar was on display. Mm -hmm. It was cool. It was so cool, and I'm glad we did it, because who ends up in Lubbock, Texas, for any reason? (laughs) Other than maybe to go to college there, or maybe have relatives there. But if you're not from Texas at all, what draws you to Lubbock? And, you know, to see all this cool stuff. That's what I felt about Omaha. I always wanted to go to Omaha. (laughs) What's there? Nothing, I imagine. Who goes to Omaha? (laughs) Nobody I know has ever said, I'm going to Omaha. I'm going to pick up some steaks. You know, it's the same thing that took me to Leadville here. Oh, yeah. You You wanted to go pick up some lead. I was like, Leadville, I'm... I'm going. Nobody nobody says, I'm going to Leadville. I'm going to Leadville. Don't drink the water. Yeah. Why is it called Leadville? Um, I imagine lead. There had to be some lead mining going on there, right? I imagine, yeah. And we went on a road but trip. But they, they busted on the lead pretty early. This road trip from Seattle to Denver and uh, going through Washington State, there was this town called Concrete. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we have to go there. There's nothing, yeah. There's nothing there. Concrete. It's just a little town up in the hills. Yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> perfectly pleasant. It's fine, but yeah, there's really not much going on in Concrete. Um, so the the let's talk about the, the swimming pool scene a little mm-hmm. bit because... We've kind of talked about most of the main scenes in the movie. Um, How about the car crash scene that comes before it? That's right. It's really well done in the remake. 
Yeah. yeah. It's like it looks like a continuous shot. Yeah. Right. It does. Like they, they cold open to this guy being taken to the hospital and he's burned and you don't know why he's burned. And it, mm-hmm. it turns out that they cold open with the familiar, the pedophile, yeah. um, being rushed to the hospital because it was post car crash where he poured the acid on his own face. I didn't yeah. care for that. No, it, it, it was unnecessary for him to do that, I think. No, no, not the, not his act. I don't care for the the cold open and then jump back two weeks. Oh, yeah. Because it's so overdone. Yeah, they didn't and need it to. Ties, it does nothing for the story. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I agree. Uh, I've had, I've, I can't think of one movie out there that's pulled that and it pays off in the end. I mean, what do we gain for seeing him go in we the weird time jump thing yeah it, yeah it doesn't well one thing that is nice about it is you assume he jumped to his death and we think that his quote-unquote daughter is still down in the lobby and then we find out when they revisit the scene to wrap it all up and tie it all together that she has just floated up to his window and yeah had a had a feeding and then chucked him off so yeah but i still don't think it it doesn't you're right it doesn't, it doesn't add, add anything anything really it seems like a really cheap storytelling device, and I wonder what book it was in. That, you know, and Robert McKee's... It reminded me of The whatever. Burning. Have you seen that one? The Burning? The Burning. No. It's one of the slasher movies from the 80s. Okay. Mm. Oh, you've got to see it. We, we have to do that. It's got this cast of people who went on to other things in it. It's one of oh, those. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and it's got Tom Savini effects. Oh, no. Nice. It's got, what, like Joey from Friends and shit like that? It's got uh, <laughs> David Alexander, who was in uh, uh, Seinfeld. Oh, yeah, okay. Oh. I was kind of uh, joking, yeah. but that's very similar to oh, having yeah. Joey from there's, Friends in it. There's several people in it you'll recognize. Um, but that uh, that early on has got a, a scene where they, they go into the hospital and there's this guy who's been like really horribly, like third degree burns, and uh, mm-hmm. the nurses are afraid of looking at him and... Yeah, and it will, <laughs> and, and of course uh, they cure him, and he's fine, and he's happy. Nothing else happens, and it works out well for everyone in the end. It was an unsuccessful horror film. <laughs> Thought they would change it all up. So, the car- what if only good things happen to this character? Like Michael Myers comes in, and I don't know, they go out, yeah, it's treatment. For, they go out for pancakes, dinner or what? for pancakes. <laughs> yeah, whatever. They hang out. Um, you, you, you know? become, you know, he, he's able to express himself through writing and drawing. And yeah, a successful exactly. Author. Yeah, yeah. The end. The end. <laughs> so, how did you how did you like the car crash scene? Other than I, I, I didn't like him pouring acid on his own face. I think they could have gotten injuries another way. Like maybe uh, something was crushed or cut really badly, and he was going to maybe die from that. Or burned from the car catching yeah. fire, but I, that's that's not a big deal. I don't know about like pathology technology back in eighty three, but uh, just disfiguring yourself with acid isn't going to disguise who you are. No. Yeah, I mean, and also you got the hint, you know, the idea that they were living with false IDs. So yeah, like I don't think they would have known who he was. Who anyway. was this guy anyway? And then yeah. later you see that photo. You assume that little boy in the photo with her right, right. is that guy. So. They wouldn't be looking for him anyway. It didn't. Mm. It didn't matter. He's an unknown person, basically. Mm. So doesn't that photo negate him being a pedophile? Yes, I believe so. Because if they've and, been, if they were the same age together, we assume that they were maybe brother and sister. No, no, no. no. She's much older. She's much older. She he, she did to what 
what she's doing to Owen, she did to that kid. Okay. Which I believe is how the original ends, that you feel that he's a pedophile, and I think he is. But at the end, you you get this feeling like, did he, did she do the same thing to right. him? Right. Okay, yeah. You know. And they make sure you don't miss it with the birthmark on his face. I didn't even notice. Yeah, that was... To, th- to ID the kid in the photo. Yeah. I thought it was yeah, just Yeah, because you the... see this mark under his mm-hmm. eye. Oh, I just figured it was the glasses. Yeah, they give you the glasses, like, too. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, the, you know... I've seen movies before, so I can follow these things. <laughs> right. Movie makers. You're not new at this stuff. <laughs> but apparently everyone else watching is suspected of such. Um, so, yeah, that, that I think... Uh, you know, that that's just bitching for no reason to say, oh, they could have handled this or that differently. Uh, all in all, it really worked. The, the car crash, the hospital it's stuff. It's not for no reason. It's the whole reason for this podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, good. Good point. Yeah. We're not going to complain about these things. We mm. all remember what happened. Yeah, I, was, with... I, was, I was quite worried coming in because I thought, oh, these are both two good movies. So we're always going to be like, oh, I've got nothing to say. Yeah, I don't know. With the, uh, with the uh, what was that one? I can't remember uh, now. Uh, it follows. It follows, yeah. Uh, I think, uh, I don't know, more time has passed on this one. I had seen the original a long time ago, so mm-hmm. I don't know. So <clears throat> the handling of the detective coming to the little girl hidden in the apartment. Mm-hmm. He's, he's put two and two together. He knows something's up here uh, with this this adult and this child in this apartment. He ends up breaking in and uh, Oscar and or Owen are both present and hiding. Uh, He starts to uncover the girl in the tub and then he's going to let some sunlight in and he stopped just in time for her to not get burned up. Uh, That was handled the same in both and I felt it really worked nicely Mm -hmm. and uh, there was nothing really out of place. Of course, he ends up dead and they're going to be leaving soon, so it doesn't matter if you've got a dead detective in your crappy, messed up apartment. They uh, stuck him in the basement. Yeah. The remake. Oh, that's right. They yeah. did. They, they stuck put him in, him in the that Freddy Krueger, the Freddy Krueger lounge. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's in the the Krueger lounge. Um, that's true. So he'll be found much later. Mm. Uh, so that I thought was really cool. And then onto the swimming pool scene, um, you had. Uh, very similar handling in both of them. Mm-hmm. I think they kind of uh, put a little more, uh, I think a little more screen time with it on the remake and a little more effects in it. Yeah. They did more effects. I don't remember it being a little longer or not. Any longer or any different, really. Hmm. Yeah, maybe it wasn't. I, I didn't really time it, but. Uh, I think the shots were better in the original uh, of what you were saying, the feet and yeah. all that. Yeah, it was it was crazy, like how how effective that was, and how I just was like, "Yay, I'm seeing something I haven't seen before." Exactly, <laughs> that was awesome. And you and you always want to see a bully get his comeuppance. <laughs> you want to see that happen. And they every single one of them, even if they were just sort of fringy involved with it, yeah, you know, or going along to be part of the crowd, they got it too. She she dispatched every one of them. So uh, the. The outro to the story uh, ends up with them leaving together, mm-hmm. and she's hiding in a trunk. Mm-hmm. And they're doing their little Morse code thing. Mm-hmm. Some kiss. She taps kiss, and he taps little kiss. 
Oh, okay. Oh, very nice. You know Morse code? Ex Navy. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that that would be uh, kind of cool. They're communicating back and forth uh, till they get where she's going to be safe. I don't know how he's going to do all this stuff that the familiar was doing as yeah. an adult. Yeah. Him being a kid. Right. But they're going somewhere and they're doing something. See, well, if they did yet another remake and it was present day, how would they get away with things? Um, Much more surveillance and tracking of yeah. how you spend and it would cameras and the way they the security in schools and I'd, yeah, it'd be pretty different. That's why you live in Los Alamos. I was going to say small That's towns why you would pick be a your small answer. Town. Yeah, if you just traveled to small towns and right. spent only cash. Yeah. You know, that's what I, I mean, what? Who's <laughs> <laughs> that little girl who's hanging around with you? Yeah, like ID theft is still a thing. I mean, people can assume the identity of another person and get away with it yeah. for but, but some I, amount of time. I, I saying, she would figure out, because she's so much older than everybody else, right. she'd figure out how to do it, but it would be different. Right. Yeah, it would be so different. it would be interesting. Yeah. So and we could see Owen in the present. I feel bad for his mom. Where yeah, they, he just disappeared. Yeah, he just takes off. Yeah, so they she would assume it was part of these killings that had happened, and that his body had like, just never like been found. Like in the uh, Swedish version, he you he he actually visits his dad. Yeah. Yeah. But the remake, his dad is just on the phone. Right. Yeah. Right. And he's like, "Oh, that stupid religious woman's going off again." Yeah, I felt like the parents were a lot uh, more distant and less fleshed out in the remake. Yeah. Yeah. It felt like the adults in It Follows were uh-huh. pretty much absent. Yeah. Like Charlie Brown. And at Brown. the end, they were <laughs> yeah, just... hidden faces and I don't even... I think at the end, they didn't even have names for their characters. They're like, the yeah. mother, the detective, yeah, the, detective the father. Ne- he's never named, yeah. Yeah. Oh. So... Not sure I picked up on that. So, um... I recommend it. You do? Yeah, yeah both of them. Both yeah, of them. same here. Watch them at the same time. That's what I wanted to do. <laughs> you want to you want to have your two screen experience. Yeah, <laughs> queue them up. Yeah, that would be interesting to see like where where it would start to uh, veer off if you start them at the same time because you'd have to cut out that the, bit. The with cold the, open. The cold open. Yeah. Yeah. So um, something like this, I think, if nothing else, should prove to horror fans and movie fans alike um, whether you don't watch horror movies or you do um, that the original can be standalone an awesome thing even though you don't know that language and you have to read subtitles Mm -hmm. and it should also prove to people who are fans of things that you don't have to dismiss the remake as a piece of shit because it probably will be well sometimes it's not yeah it was well done (laughs) yeah yeah. so i'm very happy about this yeah and uh, i was at the used dvd and music store yesterday and uh, I knew I was going to be near there to buy a fourth microphone, which we'll talk about. Uh, and I was able to buy a copy of Let Me In after having foolishly rented it the other night. So now uh, I own it. Yeah, I've got both of them. Yeah. And uh, I will always have good stuff in physical copy because they're going to hit us with an electrical pulse someday and wipe out all our digital files. I just know they're going to do well, it. You've already had uh, cases where like people have, have got digital copies of something and then they think they own it, but no, they're actually they're renting it as far as the company's concerned. Right, and, and yeah. And those things are being withdrawn and they can't watch them anymore. Yeah, 
So you've you've been you've and been had. That's why people pirate. <laughs> <laughs> that is why. That uh, inconvenience. So the next time we record, we're going to be talking about. Uh, is it I walk with a zombie or I walked with a zombie? I walked. 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 Past tense. Um, so we're going to talk about I walked with a zombie and we'll probably talk about... Serpent and the Rainbow. Serpent and the Rainbow would be great. Um, so we'll talk about that and maybe some other things that have voodoo in them. Uh, if, if there's any scenes or entire movies we need to watch, we'll deliberate separately from this podcast right now, this moment. And uh, we're going to get together with somebody who knows a lot about voodoo. Yes. And is going to sit down with us. Yes. And talk about voodoo and and uh, what... Recently back from Haiti. Yes. And we're not even kidding you. <laughs> and he walks really slowly. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll have our, our voodoo expert on the show. Uh, and like you said, Will, the connection is tenuous at best. Uh, we're going to do this to drop on um, basically the eve of fat tuesday because new orleans has a lot of voodoo culture and what's a good time to drop this right sure now another thing that's happening right after fat tuesday is valentine's day and Mm. coincidentally the sunday where the walking dead returns to television on amc and i know neither of you watch the show uh, I don't know if you've watched an episode or two or none at all, but none, uh, none at all for Jolien. Okay. I do watch the show and I do enjoy it and I don't excuse it for all of its shortcomings. I don't, I want it to be better, but it isn't all the time. And I watch it anyway. Um, yeah. I just do. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, there are people who watch Kardashians. But y- so y- you go to the Walker conventions. Oh yeah. So um, you need the, to know. And that's a horror. I thought con. that was, Texas Walker, or <laughs> whatever. Walker, Texas Ranger. Walker, Texas Ranger Walker, Texas Ranger Con. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd watch that. Yeah. <laughs> Chuck Norris versus Zombies, yeah. So. Um, <laughs> That'd be fun. So we're going to have The Walking Dead returning to television. And zombies are on everyone's mind anyway. And Pride, ha, and, Pre- ha, ha. <laughs> Pride and Prejudice and Zombies <laughs> is coming out soon. I think it comes out this coming Friday. Yeah, some trailers. Um. So we are going to have an expert on how to protect yourself from or do away with um, enemies, bad guys. We're gonna zombies? Have, well, just imagine you substitute the word terrorist or enemy for the word zombie. And all the stuff you would need to do is the same. Uh, we're going to have a guy named Luke on our show. They, they didn't do many cyber attacks. They don't. No. That's true. Zombies are really sloppy with computers. Um but we're going to have a guy named Luke on the show who is, uh, I'm just going to tease this and not tell you a whole lot about him. He's a military man who knows a lot of stuff that would come in super handy if all of a sudden there was a zombie outbreak or if the crackheads tried to what come over What if they were the fence. ghouls from Omega Man? The, that would probably <laughs> not be too different for this man. Really? He would take care of it handily. I so guess, I guess if Charlton Heston could do it, this guy will do a better job than Charlton Heston any day of the week. So we're going to have this guy on the show. He's going to sit with us right here with our newly purchased fourth microphone. And uh, we're going to talk about what he would do in these situations. We'll, we'll probably talk about scenarios from Night of the Living Dead, um, maybe The Walking Dead, which I know he hasn't watched either. Uh, Shaun of the Dead. uh I know he's watched Zombieland. We talked a little bit about that. But uh, we'll talk about who he is, more about him. What if it's Ghost? 
You're fucked. <laughs> you can't do anything about a ghost. But then they won't do anything about you. What if it's the devil? <laughs> well, that's another story. Or a space alien. Which set of rules are we going by? Yeah. We'd have to establish that first. Ghosts like, only have the concept of them being dead. You know, it's all very scary and woo-woo and stuff, but they're not going to eat your brains. No, not likely. If you, but If you could put up the noise and them getting between you and the TV. Then what if they can, throw things at you? You can live you. with them. Yeah. Well, then they'd be poltergeists. Okay. That's still a ghost. <laughs> it's a subgroup of ghosts. But... Okay. Potato, okay. potato. It's a friggin' ghost. Well, a, it means noisy that? ghost. <laughs> there's the uh, the Conjuring sequel coming up, which is based on a famous poltergeist story from London. It's called, yeah. It's called The Reconjuring. <laughs> Conjuring 2, Reconjuring. Reconjuring. Yeah. Conjuring. That, that, was a, that was quite a well-known story when I was a kid. <laughs> so we have exciting uh, episodes coming up with actual guests. Mm. Yeah. It's going to be all right. Um, actual excitement. <laughs> actual excitement on our actual podcast. Listening pleasure for our listeners. Um, anything other than, are you going to go see Pride and Prejudice and Zombies? Probably not. No? Will, you going to see it? No, probably not. If someone you trust sees it and says it's awesome, will you give it a shot? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't I'll know. watch it. I mean, I just won't go to the theater for okay. it. After you saw the friggin' Krampus? Or Krampus? Uh, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I don't care to go to the theater anymore. It used to be yeah. enjoyable, but now it's just, it's so pricey, it seems. And four out of five times, it's just a shit film. Right. I went quite a few times last year and enjoyed it nicely. Uh, I say I'm going to go, but then I just, I never get around uh, to The it. kids with their licorice sticks. and uh, I don't know. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I meant cell phones, but. but... If it's a, especially with horror movies, if if you've got an audience who's into it, then now it's that really can be really great. good. It's yeah. fantastic. And there's movies which aren't that good at all. Like terrible, I scream too. I saw in the yeah. theater that most, everybody was into it. Most slasher movies, they're, they're so bland on the TV. Mm-hmm. But you go and see them with an audience who's yelling at the screen. Yeah. Oh, they're such fun. It was fantastic yeah. to watch Scream 2, which is not a good film at all, I don't right. think. Right, So we're, we're definitely going to see the next Friday the 13th reboot. And I know it's not going to be good. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, it, it, yeah. Yeah, we, sure. we, will, we will have a set of expectations and they will be met. That is that is what I've been saying about these Friday the 13th movies. They are really overthinking it. This is, and I think I said this before, this is like um, like uh, Axl Rose trying to make that Chinese democracy album. And How long he, have they been working on this? Well, they finally released it a couple of years ago, I think, but it was like his version. Oh, no, I, I meant Friday the 13th. Oh. I know well, Chinese doc- democracy. Is it still on for May? Um, I don't know if they pushed it back again or not, but they foolishly have overthought this thing. Yeah, they were. They they said they were going to do it as a found footage film, and then then the fans were going, "Oh no!" And they sort of think they might have re-decided that. Yeah, and I and I believe I don't know if um, one of the guys on the movie crypt, um, it was either Adam Green or Joe Lynch, was saying that uh, they had been talked to about maybe directing, and when they heard it was. It was proposed to be found footage. They really weren't interested. No. They should have just suggested showing one of the old films. <laughs> yeah. This is found footage. It's Friday the 13th, part yeah. five. Hey, look what I found. Yeah. <laughs> we found it. It was lying right here. At a thrift shop. 
Adam Green, that would be. I would like to see him handle it. Yeah. He would put some humor into it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. What else has he done? Um, he's done the hatchet movies. He's done frozen, not the Disney frozen, but the (laughs) the other one. Uh, he's done, uh, digging up the marrow. He's, he's got some good horror movies behind him. And, uh, and he genuinely loves the genre. He's not just ever going to be the guy doing it for money. Yeah. He'll do it for love and money. Yeah, he wouldn't try to make it PG either. Oh, hell no. Hell no. He'd go for it. He would. So we'd at least get a really good one on, on home video. Yeah, for sure. And that's what you have to do, I think, is is wait till the unrated uh, stuff comes out. Mm. You know, that's the one you want to own. You don't want to own the, the studio version. Theatrical version. Yeah, the theatrical so, um, yeah, a couple of things coming out that are horror related to sort of look forward to. And uh, I want to remind our listeners that we do appreciate each and every one of you, no matter what country you're listening from. And uh, if you have time, please do go to iTunes or whatever directory you use and give us a good rating. Or if you hate us, just don't listen and don't rate <laughs> us at all. Um, but please do rate, review and subscribe. Oh, don't make me cry. Yeah. Jolene's welling up here with tears. You're not from Wellington, are you? Because <laughs> you're welling up. Um, so uh, please do rate, review, subscribe. Uh, tell friends about us. Like uh, like we tell friends about the podcasts we listen to. You know, stuff like Werewolf Ambulance. <laughs> I shouted at strangers. <laughs> That's technically a shout out. <laughs> uh, you can find us on Instagram as Chewing the Scenery. That's all one word. Or easily find us on Facebook, which is at facebook.com forward slash Chewing the Scenery podcast. Um, and we're going to give our listeners an opportunity to ask our Green Beret guest, Luke, uh, some questions about what should I do in this situation if the zombies do come a-knocking? Um, what if it's a ghost shark? Well, <laughs> it's... See, I want to know. <laughs> well, they, they come up to the door and they say, land ghost shark. Yeah. <laughs> right. They'll fool you in opening the door is what they'll do. Yeah. You just have no, to never they, open the door. Don't like, open the door. Like pizza. <laughs> no, don't open the door. Uh, so uh, is that good? Do we have a, That's we, it. We're done. We're done. All right. Thank it's you over. for listening. Stay off the moors. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.